0: Welcome to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh. And if you've never tuned into the show before, welcome to Star Wars Escape Pod. Star Wars Escape Pod is all about bringing you Star Wars discussion and chat by Star Wars fans to Star Wars fans. Completely ad-free, completely reliant on you guys for sharing the show and uh, leaving us those awesome reviews. We're going to get into the Bad Batch Episode 8 reunion, the episode where Crosshair meets up and confronts the Bad Batch finally on Braca, and there's uh, no better person to chat about it other than our co-host Blake who we're meeting in the Cantina right now. Let's do it. Another happy landing. All right, welcome back, Mr. Blake. Hey, hey, hey. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you back. Uh, this... I was wrong about last week. I, I thought that we'd seen all the footage from the trailer. Oh. And, uh, and I guess this was the last episode that we saw some some clips that I guess uh, were also in the trailer, but... You're
1: gonna uh, have to go back and count all the clips, because now I'm wondering if there's gonna be another five episodes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> there's one shot each. <laughs> right right well it's um, it's it, it was a great episode honestly I mean we, we you said something right before I hit go here and in, in the sense that we don't have a lot of notes for this one because there was a lot of action it was a lot of action this episode yep that being said that's not necessarily a bad thing I actually really enjoyed this episode a lot
1: yep agreed. Um, I've been looking yeah. forward to finally seeing crosshair after them again and finally getting into more Imperial stuff I felt like I was kind of itching for it at this point it was a long time coming and too long of a gap in my mind but i get that there was certain st- uh, story points they needed to touch on first
0: yeah yeah for sure it's it's nice that they finally brought him back into the picture and uh you know it's it it, it followed up from the cliffhanger last time where this the scrapper guild had i guess noticed them you know the, the bad badge and rex on the the edge of the venator class ship and you know Rex left and stuff like that and they they sent info that that the bad batch was actually on Broca and uh that's where it just like left off kind of thing and i love how this episode just picks up that story cuz it kind of felt like a an arc finally whereas like the last ones have been a little bit disjointed as far as connecting to the next episode and that's something i really yeah. loved about the later seasons of Clone Wars is that there was arcs right you just watch like two or 3 in a row and you got like a movie worth of Of story, you know.
1: No, I agree, and they kind of picked up on that from like season three onward. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we're gonna start to go that way now, because when they first started the series, it felt like it was going to be one storyline, you know? Yeah. And then we started getting these episode to episode arcs.
0: Right. Right.
1: Did make it feel pretty disjointed. I mean, it's cool because you explore parts of the galaxy, but you're also like, we left on this cliffhanger at the beginning of like the opening movie like intro episode and we're just left with sitting here wondering and waiting like five episodes
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay here's one thing that i want to pitch just before we kind of get into this episode too much further because you know we're eight episodes into this first season and everything and you know it is called the bad badge naturally it's going to be a show about the bad badge when the clone wars first came out it was very much focusing in on at least with the theatrical release we thought oh we're gonna get a lot of Anakin, Ahsoka a lot of that right and and there was a lot of that in season 1 but what was really cool about the Clone Wars is that we had episodes that focused in on completely different characters at times right like there was complete arcs where we'd get into bounty hunters and uh you know, and and complete uh, arcs about what, some of the villains, right? Like, I
1: and, think I know where you're going with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, so I mean, just before we kind of reach the end of this review, I just want to pitch that out and say, I would be more than okay if they took that route with this show as well. Even though it's called The Bad Batch, that's something that really made Clone Wars really special. And, and I, I'd be fine seeing other characters show up in this time period, in this show, despite the title, uh, just for the heck of seeing what they're up to. Kind I of thing,
1: agree, right? and I think what you're getting at is this could be a good opportunity to finish the arcs left open by the Clone Wars.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, at least the ones that can be shifted over into this, yeah. into this post. Uh, and there's one thing direct, of the Sith.
1: directly related to that I wanted to get into, but we should probably save it to the end. <laughs>
0: Right, right. Well, we'll do that. All right. So, so very quickly, uh, if I if I didn't do it in the intro, very quickly to anyone who's wondering what episode this is, this is uh, this is the one where, where Crosshair finally takes his Imperial forces and then goes to confront Clone Force ninety nine on on Braca. Uh, but yeah, let's let's start off with 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 that because that it get very quickly gets into that aspect of the episode. Um, I'm gonna very. Breezily skip over the whole fun moment with Omega disarming a smoke bomb. Yeah, it was a g- it was a good laugh. Yeah, um, agreed. I mean, a lot of that stuff in the first couple minutes was like, all right, cool. Uh, but you know, and the I substance think is after.
1: We would all expect him to have used an actual explosive, so it was actually <laughs> yeah. a pretty good. Uh, it was twist.
0: a good joke. Yeah, yeah, it was a good twist. I actually liked it a lot. I was like, okay, that's 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 good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it surprised me as a viewer. It just surprised me. Yeah, I was like, me too. Okay, yeah. That's, I like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's um, the substance comes in when when we finally go back to Camino, And uh, something that really uh, that really spoke to me as far as uh, a peaking of interest kind of thing in this Camino plot, because, you know, I, behind the scenes, of course, we have Omega's real purpose, uh, the subplot that's really kind of been. Stitched through all the episodes so far.
1: Hinted at, yeah.
0: They called they called it something very specific. They they used the terms contingency plan, when they were referring to Omega. They yeah, it was it was uh, Lama Su I believe, who who said it, and he's he said uh, something along the lines of like, you know, we need our contingency plan to work out or something. I don't know. He said something like that, and and he was referencing Omega, and I just thought like. That's very interesting because we, we've speculated that she's a new breed of clone that was maybe purposely intended to be a new alpha clone. Yeah. That might have been for a whole new lineup of of subjects behind her, right? And uh, it's It's, it's possible. hard f- for
1: me to figure how that would work, though. Like, yeah. I don't think switching a chromosome suddenly makes a clone DNA usable for other clones. Cause it's- right. I'd have to look into the canon to see if it's still a thing. But at least in the EU, you can't clone clone DNA. You have to have the original genome.
0: Yeah, I don't know how how it works either. Um, my, my original theory was... Because I don't even know how like actual cloning is. But, I mean, we're talking about a fictional story here. But uh, I, I just assumed that they were trying to make a new type of donor that was that resembled the structure of django's genetic code because a lot of that template work was there for the for the community ones but then they were able to work off of that in a in a way that would be able to produce more clones off of her and it wouldn't be a deteriorating dna because Django's dead right and they would have a new template clone to kind of use as a living substance right
1: But that still raises the question, why did you have to switch the gender instead of just using any other clone's DNA?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that's just the process of, maybe they just had to mirror Django's DNA to restructure it, to make it, like, more... I think there's got to be more to it than that. I feel like... There does, yeah, there does. Like, maybe it's just all theories right now, but, yeah.
1: Maybe part of it was they don't want everyone else to know. Because if they cloned a new clone... A new template yeah. clone that looked like every other Django clone, then people probably catch on. But if this is like a different person, because now it's like it's this this girl, no one's going to mm-hmm. say, "Oh, that's a Django clone," right? Right. Like it was kind of like revealed over time when yeah. she basically admitted it. But the regular clones had no idea, and that's right. also proven in or like Crosshair. I don't think he knows
0: i just thought of something. Here, here, okay here's the other thing here's the other thing they could be making a offshoot of boba's dna which boba's a clone but he's a direct uh, a direct replica, yeah. a direct copy with no modifications, which basically makes him another alpha clone, template clone, theoretically, if they were to use him. Now they don't have him as access, but he lived there as a kid for years, right? So who's there's no telling whether or not they could have taken a sample of his blood at least, right? And I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll come up that that's something that they did and just kept it as a backup or something. And maybe somehow, maybe somehow boba and omega are connected all right now the theory kind of pipes into this end moment here and this story arc that we're going to chat about at the very end uh, which i've got my theories as to like possibly him returning into the show yeah
1: i think so too
0: and stuff right there could be some sort of connection there uh i know other people online have also speculated that omega has something to do with boba as well and I just don't know what it is yet but this is just something that's been brewing in my head yeah i'm like if there were to be any kind of any kind of anything you know i wouldn't be surprised if she was just a restructured genetic version of boba fett as to of yeah well
1: let's just hope that the same thing doesn't happen to them as what happened to luke and Leia. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have an awkward kiss on Hoth.
0: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Omega is a couple years younger than Boba at this point. But yeah, let's. Uh, That's true. Yeah, hopefully. I guess.
1: Well, not a not a whole lot older. Maybe like what, like I guess three or four years max.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the other thing: we don't know if Omega has growth acceleration or not. That's what I was actually just thinking about. And yeah, and Boba doesn't, and he's a couple years older than omega he's maybe i mean clone wars is is 3 years worth of time and by attack of the clones i think he must have been like 12 or yeah, something like that yeah he's
1: quite young yeah
0: so he's like 15 by the end of the war kind of thing and omega clearly seems to me as if she's about 12 years old um but you know there's no telling she's a very isolated girl so it's possible that she's older and just seems younger
1: yeah uh, that's because true. she's
0: just never seen outside of a rainy laboratory
1: (laughs) and then you get that weird situation where if she is growth accelerated then she's the body of a 12 year old and the mind of a six year old so
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah uh yeah so there's some question there as to like if she isn't growth accelerated i'm just curious what was the community one's intention of making omega in the first place and where was she
1: this whole time
0: Right, right, and and this kind of pipes into them, uh, calling this a contingency plan, right? Lamasu's contingency plan. Did they plan for this to happen when they, when they made a deal with Sifo and Tyrannus and effectively Palpatine, right? Did they suspect something was up and think I to think themselves, so. "We need to do something." to protect our wallets or something like that. Anything, right? Yeah, we need, well, we need to do something.
1: We know that they knew about Sidious.
0: Yeah. So they
1: definitely knew something dodgy was going on and they seem yeah. like the kind of society that would plan ahead.
0: Yeah, they're smart. An,
1: yeah, and inevitable betrayal. They're not yeah. just like super trusting, right?
0: Right, yeah. Because even with or without growth acceleration, she is, with or without growth acceleration, she's over three years old. Yeah. So she has lived during the Clone Wars, but never actually saw anything happen because she was just on Kamino the whole time.
1: But then how long ago was the attack on Kamino, which happened twice?
0: Uh, it happened, yeah, at the Rishi Moon outpost in season one. And then later they attacked the planet. But in chronological order, it's, it's a little closer together in the first third of the show, I think. So because she knows nothing about the
1: war, either she was sleeping through the whole thing. Or she wasn't on Camino yet; it didn't exist.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough one to place because you know you're you're very right in the sense like there was stuff that happened on Camino in the war, and you know she knows nothing about the Clone Wars uh, unless she was really just referring to the you know she's witnessed an attack on her planet and that was it. Um, it's also possible mm-hmm. that her being so important to Lama Su and and uh, the rest of the Kaminoans it's possible that as soon as that place was hit with an attack, they pretty much just threw her in a bomb shelter and she didn't see anything or like didn't really know what was going on or whatever. You know, it, it's it's very, I don't know, there, there's a lot more to this whole Omega storyline than than has come out so far in the show. We'll get to it later.
1: Yep, it's gonna be revealed. And well, unless there's planning season two, they're gonna drag it out.
0: Right, yeah. Which yeah, is that's, totally that's possible. possible. It's a possibility for sure. So, um, amongst this episode, I mean, because I know it was a lot of action and stuff like that. And uh, before we get into like the real kind of root of this finale plot, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you through the duration of the, the main chase between Crosshair and uh, and the Bad Batch in that Venator class ship? Yeah, two things specifically. One was like a cool nod to the rebellion,
1: I think, which was. Echo and Hunter were talking and they're talking like they're like referring to Rex right where they're now on this job where they're gonna they basically became mercenaries and Rex didn't join them and they didn't join Rex but Echo says we're soldiers what other path is there and he's referring to how Rex said there's something else for me and he kind of went off right didn't really allude to it and like obviously the first speculation is like early days rebellion right yeah, because what other job is there for ex-soldiers? Either you move on to the next war, or you become mercenary.
0: Yeah, I like I like how he brought that up too. It was very subtle. It was a very small line, but I, I thought that was quite effective in him bringing it up because Echo has. I mean, we 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 had an extensive chat about Echo on our What Happened subseries, but you know, he uh, he's he's seen it all. I mean, he's lived through it all, and, and he, it's just an endless loop. of like what, he's been born, all these clones, they've been born soldiers. That's the only life they've known. That's the only life they're ever going to have, it seems. And, you know, Cut Quaid is kind of a, a kind of a, I don't know, this, this odd sort of a guy who it yeah. worked out. It worked out that he he isn't a soldier anymore. One right? of a
1: million circumstance, for sure.
0: Right, right. Maybe more um, if you
1: consider how many clones there are.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I think uh, I think the important thing for for I guess as a viewer, I, like me personally, I think you know, cut. Even though he's not a soldier anymore and stuff like that, this is still a really dangerous time, and he still is a clone. Could mm-hmm. be still caught by the Empire, and effectively, the entire purpose of his life right now is to just protect his family. So in a way, that's kind of what Echo and the rest are doing already. Like they're being soldiers for each other. Like they're protecting each other and trying to survive as a group.
1: No, it's true. They're
0: doing that all based on what they know as a soldier. So really nothing's changed. They're just trying to outrun another enemy, right? Yeah. And And I think that's what Echo was talking about, yeah.
1: And yeah, to go with that, like, cut liquid is a great example where he's he's tried very really hard to not have to live that life but it always yeah. comes back and finds him right
0: yeah yeah exactly he's just they're all cursed with with the you know the the Django face on them and and it's it's a life that they're they're not going to be able to outrun and for a yeah. lot of them for many of them aside from boba and perhaps some odd exceptions in which there was no growth acceleration used uh, it's a life that they're not going to live very long either. I mean, it's, it's true. half a, half his life um, as, as a normal guy, right? And um, the other thing to
1: keep in mind is they were raised as soldiers from birth. So yeah. It's like once they're no longer soldiers, they don't they have no idea of what that's like. Whereas right. like modern humanity, like you grew up, you know, family or whatever circumstances. And then if you join the military, you still have all that prior knowledge of life outside the military. They don't have that.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, what was the what was the second thing you wanted to bring up there? Uh,
1: the second thing was actually more of a question for you. So, at the end of the chase, when the Bad Batch is trying to escape and they're going through the ion engine,
0: I thought that was a really cool scene. That, by yeah, the way.
1: agreed. I thought that's the first time we've ever seen the inside of an ion engine. Yeah, other yeah. like than like at a distance. Yeah, so, and just the whole play of either getting snipes or them getting burned to a crisp. I thought was pretty cool.
0: I thought that was awesome. And yeah. I love the uh, the, uh, the effects were super well done in this in this scene as well. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, did, they nailed it.
1: I thought it was awesome too. And the classic D&D tale where you're on the job to try to make some money and just to live, you have to use all the things you went to get to make money from. So then yeah. in the end, you still end up broke
0: yeah yeah Both exactly yeah it's stuck between a rock and a hard place and a lot of these you know it's like you go left or you go right right and yeah and yeah it's a, like you say very classic D D move for for a story like this with a group yeah
1: yeah exactly so my question to you though is after they managed to separate the like the uh the tube and it, uh, they fell to safety the engine came on and it like fried and burned crosshairs face and a big chunk of his body. Do you think that's going to leave him with a bunch of like battle scars so he's going to look different from now on?
0: Uh yeah, I think I think they're effectively turning him into a villain, right? And and there maybe he's going to look the part. I could be totally wrong in that and perhaps they're going to stick him in some back then it's all going to be good, right? Right. Uh but well, I could see them going that route. Like it's not always for sure. I mean, look what happened yeah. to Kylo Ren. Right, right, or exactly. Even Darth Vader, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Darth Vader retained his his ugly face to the end, but you and know
1: they threw him in back to as well, like a full tank.
0: Yeah, yeah. So who knows? He he might you no, know, maybe he'll come back from it, maybe not. Uh but yeah, that is kind of an interesting thing to speculate on. I mean I would not be surprised though if they decided to make him a bigger villain going forward and and really kind of adopt that on his face, you know, so he's like a little scarier to look at and he's always got his helmet off chewing on his stick and he, and you know all that stuff. <laughs> so it's like yeah, yeah his little toothpick. <laughs> so I mean I would not be surprised if they wanted to make him a scar face of some kind and you know even more menacing to look at.
1: They're gonna make him into two face, where he's half villain, half hero.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> two two face crosshair.
1: But <laughs> That's right. Well, that's pretty interesting though. 'Cause like I was not expecting that to happen. And usually yeah. it's like classic animation, you know, you're yeah. hurt one moment and then the next scene you're totally fine. There's like some yeah.
0: soot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just exactly. wipe it off. Yeah. <laughs> have uh I've got a question for you actually. Have have you gotten used to seeing clones and accepting them as the Empire yet?
1: It's still weird. Like every time I see it, it feels like a little bit like a betrayal, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah. So, Wait, well I mean it is but yeah I mean
1: I, like <laughs> yeah because I felt that way in this episode when we saw the guy who was at the at the bridge and he was turning on the engine yeah because like it's that classic clone animation of them doing stuff and they seems so much more competent than stormtroopers and you're so used to that exact scene like saving the heroes yeah but in this case they're trying to kill the heroes. Right, right and it's it's weird and if i'm honest it makes me uncomfortable
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, it's on and i i actually quite like like this show for that because it it just gives so much more depth to those characters going back and watching clone wars it gives so much more depth to those those background troopers that we see in revenge of the sith and effectively makes this whole order 66 thing almost just as as sad and heartbreaking as the purge right because when anakin turns the dark side and kills off all the jedi and everything uh you know that's that's like one thing that clone wars really did well was we got to know these characters and now we're seeing them all drop like flies and then you know with the clones though i never really used to think like oh they don't have a choice anymore like they're they're just boom like mindless drones that kind of follow these ridiculous orders right and and in that moment when Anakin is kind of going off and doing his thing and killing off all you know his jedi and stuff like that palpatine does the exact same thing on his end and he's basically killing off any chance of a of a of a viable life you know using their own brain to make proper conscious decisions going forward after that moment right he he yeah. with with two words makes them all these villains right uh, which they may as well just be dead if because, you know, they, there's no one after that moment can possibly take out all these chips out of every single one. And, you know, most people don't even know they exist. So I'm really
1: curious to see how a clone conversation goes now with the chips activated. Because prior, they were kind of rowdy. Like they were, there was like a, a school lunchroom, right? Yeah. But now yeah. with this like brain chip, it almost feels like they've become mindless drones.
0: Yeah, they feel a little... uh just a little more they're to the point you know they, there's no um almost robotic yeah there's no deviation there's almost like there's no hu- natural human side to them yeah there's anymore. no
1: personality like they used to have
0: yeah yeah and and it's funny that this actually came up in clone wars as well it got brought up by one of the one of the cloners to i, I forget who it was it must have been tarkin or somebody else Uh, But they said something along the lines of how it was actually the Jedi who've inspired creativity, creativity and uniqueness in these clones as the war has gone on and has kind of effectively changed each of their attitudes in some way whatsoever. Right. So they're all very different people, uh, you know, by the time you kind of get to know them across the course of the show. And in a large part of that, it's it's due to. Well, firstly, they're all very different people even though they're clones, they're different people, right? But then secondly, I think there's a lot of influence put on them by people who have not been bred in a laboratory, right? Yeah, and- With each uh, other and circumstances. Yeah, yeah, and and that's kind of deviated them from the idea of having this army that is to the letter, they will follow orders and, and that is it, right? And that's kind of the intention of this chip is that they actually follow these orders. And in Clone Wars, it came up multiple times that, you know, being a, being a good soldier means doing what you think is right. Uh, And that's, that, that, that message kind of came up like a lot uh, throughout multiple arcs. And, you know, I guess it's all comes down to the fact of like, if you have a, uh, like a leader who you don't believe like they're, they're given the right orders or whatever, right. That, that you just personally just do what you feel is right if if you feel like you can't trust that 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 person in charge right and so um you know it's it's like we saw that with the pong krell uh, yeah. arc on umbara and i think uh, that arc specifically really influenced a lot of clones
1: that they yeah. can't just trust whoever's in charge
0: right yeah yeah exactly and and um, and then in some scenarios we had uh, we had uh, a clone completely betray the republic and uh that one was in one of the first i think it was at the, uh, the second or th- uh, or third episode ever if you're watching them chronologically it's in the episode called the hidden enemy i believe it's a season one episode and it takes place right before the clone wars theatrical release and there was a, a clone named slick that betrays the the 501st or whatever and he start he's giving information to the separatist alliance in exchange for money and this is a clone that we're talking about like a like a sergeant or something like that he's he's one of the like the minor kind of leaders or whatever but i mean he's doing it for very selfish reasons but it's even more
1: obscure because clones have no understanding of money
0: right yeah like uh, well i mean it's i don't know what they're taught in their clone school but but they're given
1: everything by the military and they live yeah
0: yeah, off, exactly. Like,
1: food and shelter, everything provided to them. So right. that's, that's extra obscure.
0: <laughs> it's extra obscure. But I think at that point, they had already lived through. I mean, Geonosis has already happened, this and that. I mean, this guy has spent some time as a trooper long enough, I guess, that he realizes, aside from war, there's other stuff out there. And I guess he just realized, I just want that stuff. Um, so he just packed up and left and, and you know, betrayed betray the republic and everything but that was a clone that his chip hasn't activated yet but they were still bred to follow orders and be like hardcore drilled and trained to kind of follow the orders of whoever's in charge and there were still some incidents in where they were able to just do whatever they wanted right and so this chip though now that it's activated it's it is weird that seeing these clones they just seem a lot more kind of subdued almost as if they aren't going to do what they want like they're just gonna blindly follow these, orders yeah like or or just be kind of these uh, yeah these kind of mindless mindless uh, um, Drones. puppets yeah. these puppets yeah yeah just kind of floating right um, And uh, and Crosshair just kind of like even though he knows about this chip he just because it's already activated, he, he, mind you, his has been dialed up at this point, but, that too. um, but you know, he doesn't seem to have any, uh, any remorse for killing off his old friends. Right.
1: Which is crazy. Um, you think that yeah. would be the most extreme thing that he could
0: do? They're yeah. His,
1: they're his family. Really? He has no one else.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, speaking of this brain chip enhancer though, it got me thinking, what if it could be reversed
0: I, I think it could be reversed. I mean, like any piece of technology, I think there's there's a way to go backwards. Uh, it is it's crazy technology. I mean, it's part of their brain. It's like this little tumor, fleshy thing that's like stuck in there. But uh, it, I think it's possible that it could be, it could be reversed if if they had the technology to do it. I'm thinking just the
1: in the room where they control the uh, the chip enhancer. There's just a lever, and you just switch it from more to less.
0: <laughs> yeah i wonder if they'll ever go that route i, I don't know um, it's possible
1: i mean there's enough if there's still enough riding on they can save him from the chip that i think something's gonna happen
0: right right
1: it's funny that they themselves haven't talked about it as a plan yet though you know what i mean Maybe yeah i feel like it's a story point that they're trying to hide but it's really obvious
0: <laughs> yeah and and that kind of you yeah totally and and this goes now, without saying that it was either last week's or this week's episode, now we've seen all the footage from the trailer. So going forward, we we don't know what's ahead, right? And there's like another eight episodes or so, or six. It's like between six and eight more to go through. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a, a, a very mysterious ride ahead, you know, like there's nothing that can give us any clues aside from our own speculation. And uh, the next episode drops in two days. So... It'll be interesting to see kind of what comes up, uh, whether they go back to Sid, whether they go off and do their own thing.
1: so they follow this you know. new character, which I think we should finally get into.
0: Right, right. Okay, so let's get to the final scene where, you know, Cad Bane finally shows up. Whole Pretty crazy moment. Cad Bane. We have Cad not seen Bane. him in, what, five years now? So the last time that he showed up was, I mean, at least in a finished episode of The Clone Wars, was when he tried to kidnap the Chancellor, Chancellor Palpatine on Naboo. That was the last time, I believe that what we- What season's that? That was season four.
1: Okay, so it was a long time ago. We went a yeah. whole season and then an additional half
0: season. It, it was, It's it. yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. And, uh, you know, and since then it's important to remember there have been some, cl- some canceled Clone Wars arcs. There is a dedicated three-part episode Of the podcast on the clone wars talk sub series that uh that i was doing with diego last year and i think it's it's i tweeted this out on the twitter it it was like clone wars talk parts 35 through 37 or something like that it was it was like three episodes dedicated to all the unproduced episodes of clone wars so we did one about dark disciple which was the novel that adapts uh, the the eight arc or the eight episode arc uh, about uh, ventress's storyline being finished Uh, There was uh, one about Son of Dathomir, which is the four episode arc that takes place with Darth Maul between seasons six and seven. And uh, there was one dedicated to all the proxy animation episodes that we never got finished, which uh, proxy animation for anyone who doesn't know is how they sketch up an episode before they actually animate it for real. And they use very rough uh models and geometry to uh kind of place where things go and animate characters and and they do all the recordings for all the lines and dialogue and uh they're able to figure out their edit and and everything like that so you kind of get the idea for it's like basically a moving how would you put it like a like a moving uh storyboard storyboard basically. yeah, That's just like yeah. How i'd explain it yeah so a moving storyboard in 3d space Yeah. It's uh, so it's like, like
1: setting up your camera angles and stuff
0: yeah. Yeah. And you can like, you can see like notes, like floating around and whatever, you know, like missing textures on certain things. It's, it's quite funny to, to see, but it, it's, uh, it's basically like watching a very incomplete crappy version of, of a Clone Wars episode, right? <laughs> it's like so, a high school kid's Oh yeah. Attempt yeah. at making a movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or, or watching a video game movie that took place in like 1991 or something <laughs> like, I don't know. So, um, so, uh, some of these proxy animation episodes, we've had clips of some of these episodes that didn't get produced because Disney canceled Clone Wars. Yes, we do have a season seven. Are they, all they stuff, Uh, the proxy. So, so for anyone who doesn't know, Disney had canceled Clone Wars. We missed out on basically a season and a half worth of episodes because there was supposed to be eight full Clone Wars seasons. We now have basically what is six and a half. Uh, The six and a half that I'm talking about is uh, season seven on Disney Plus. Uh, But uh, the finale arc was actually the finale of season eight. So there's a lot of reshuffling that happened. I think what happened was they gave Dave a budget and said, pick your poison. Uh, He chose the ones he wanted to tell. And that was that and he got some conclusion at least to that project. But we saw a lot of stuff kind of go out the window. But when Clone Wars was canceled, there was this Clone Wars Legacy project which uh, Son of Mirror, Dark Disciple, that kind of stuff was labeled under that sub banner as to try and keep Clone Wars alive in one way or another. There was an interview that came out around that time with Dave and Pablo and they were talking about these different stories that were gonna come out uh, the proxy animation arc about the crystal crisis on Utapau, the Dark Disciple novel, and then the Son of Dathomir comic by Dark Horse. Uh, those three things they were talking about on this video on YouTube. You can still look it up. It's called Colomer's Legacy Show Reel or something like that. And Pablo said going forward, even though the public hasn't seen some of this content, we still look at those stories as having had happened. And, and so that's why in that Ahsoka novel that we've had a discussion about in the past, where it flashes back to that fight scene between Ahsoka and Maul, the dialogue is different. Because it's based on this old script on an old proxy animation episode that no one's ever seen, but the, the script was done at the time and now redone for season seven years later.
1: That's really so, interesting to think about, though, because if Pablo says we consider those things as canon, yeah. that means at some point in some way it will be released to the fans.
0: Yeah, and it it's is been. Canon. Yeah, and and it is it, it it has been pointed to a lot in Star Wars Rebels. We got a lot of those stories wrapping up, and or translated, uh, but I think there were some things that they had they had referenced in some of those episodes that we never got. Uh, The Bad Batch arc that we finally got finished, because that was one of the proxy arcs that wasn't finished and then got finished for season seven. The planet that they're on is fine. Like they they defuse the bomb and it's all good on the Amaxine station or whatever it's called. Or sorry, no, I'm thinking of High Republic. Uh, Whatever that planet that was on that they had to disarm the, the big bomb that was on, Yeah in rebels that planet's blown up. So that bomb at some point went off and I think it must have been in one of those unfinished episodes in Clone Wars, right? So there's still a lot of stuff that we haven't seen there. There's like 20 something episodes That's that we long. haven't got. Yeah, and so sorry. I'm kind of I'm kind of like the long story for anyone who just didn't know about any of this stuff. There was an arc <laughs> <laughs> there was an arc about about Boba Fett and Cad Bane. Yeah. And it was a three to four episode story arc that would have taken place with those two characters. Uh, in short, Boba would have basically been mentored by Cad Bane to some level because Cad Bane had been mentored by Django in the past. And when Django died, Cad Bane became the galaxy's best bounty hunter. Uh, so he kind of takes it upon himself to train up Boba. And... This also points towards why Boba is so Western in the original trilogy and forward. Like he has the spurs, he's got the Western flair. His dad didn't really have that. He had the gunslinging thing going on, but that was pretty much it, right? Like he didn't yeah, have other the than spurs. That, he and,
1: was just a you know right. carbon copy Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And so that connection between Cad Bane being the cowboy Western. Bounty Hunter and Boba, I thought was so incredibly cool. I was like, yeah. this is and this is awesome.
1: I gotta right. say, when they kind of revealed that with that short trailer at one of the celebrations, it yeah. just I, I couldn't believe I didn't see it coming, to be honest, because it now right. it seems so obvious, but it's also yeah. like s- super smart and quite cool. And I think Dave even points out specifically what you were just saying, Wow boba has this kind of this western style that Django didn't so it just seemed like a natural progression
0: and yeah it made me realize oh cad bane
1: existed was created for this
0: purpose yeah i I mean it makes me wonder if that is the case yeah and i've always loved cad bane as a character i've always thought he was such a cool bounty hunter you know very very different someone told me that you
1: do a really good cad bane impression (laughs) no i don't (laughs) 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 i'm pretty sure i heard that somewhere well
0: hello there (laughs) there it is
1: (laughs) you have to do a you have to have cad bain on here for interview at some point (laughs) you have dave Dave baloney talking to cad bain
0: yeah, but he'll how it came about. <laughs> well, well, we got to meet up with Cad Bane in the cantina at some point. Oh, there we go. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's an interesting he's an interesting character and I love how he rubs off on Boba. But near the end of the arc and I mean anyone listening can actually look this up on YouTube. Just look up Cad Bane it's versus Boba Fett. Possible spoilers yeah, coming up lots, here. Lots of possible spoilers here, so look up Cad Bane versus Boba Fett and you'll get this proxy animation clip from the Clone Wars canceled episode. It's like what'd you say like a minute long and it's pretty uh, short yeah it's just one scene right and somehow or another these two friends mentor student whatever uh ended up in this face-off uh this western style gunslinging moment where kind of like what we got today with hunter and cad bane right yeah and and um and so there's a village or something or there's something going on in which Boba feels as if he's trying to stand up for this person or these people or whatever. He's not gonna he says, Bane, you're not going to hurt anyone else or whatever. And, uh, Cad Bane is really put in a, in this place of being the villain in that moment. And what happens is they have this shootout and it's really intense buildup and everything is awesome. And Boba gets shot in the head, in the helmet which leaves the very iconic dent in his forehead. And Cad Bane goes down and we never really found out whether or not he dies or not, but we assume that he just died. Right. So the whole thing that comes down to this, the story arc, what kind of what I was pitching earlier on when we were chatting about, you know, alluding to this story arc is that this arc took place during the Clone Wars. So we could be looking at another Clone Wars arc that might be resurrected but then altered in some degree. And yeah. by alter, I mean the entire thing has now been shifted forward in okay. the timeline. That's
1: what I was going to ask you, is because I wasn't quite sure where that fell in the Clone Wars timeline. Because yeah. as you pointed out in previous episodes of the show here, the Clone Wars went past Order 66 and past kind of the like the purge and everything. So mm-hmm. technically, that arc within say season eight could have been at the same time period
0: right yeah and and so it's unclear as to you know how they would have juggled those remaining 20 something odd episodes uh whether or not they would have overlapped revenge of the sith and then kept going uh with other stuff as far as i know the finale of season seven is the finale that we we would have seen in season eight but you know clone wars with its weird viewing order they could have they could have just done things before that and then said, hey, this actually takes place after. Uh, so I'm not ruling that out, but but I would not be surprised if they took this story arc, somehow connected it to the Bad Batch, because they're, I mean, this is Cad Bane we're talking about, like, like character that at celebration of all things, they clearly said to millions of Star Wars fans across the world who had watched that clip that this character is dead and that's how Boba got the, the dent, right? So if Boba Fett pops up and he doesn't have the dent, right, we're very likely to see this arc resurrected somehow, some way, some form. Yeah, if he In does show, have, yeah, like if he does have the dent, it means that this arc has happened and that Cad Bane somehow survived. Here's the so, other thing, here's the other so thing. So
1: fans, keep an eye out for a return of Boba Fett and yeah. Tent and a tweet at Star Wars Escape podcast. Yeah, that's right. Is a dent is not a dent. Who is Tony Dent?
0: (laughs) Uh, Here's the other thing. The Cad Bane asset that they used in this arc in this in this Bad Batch episode is the same new remodeled asset that they would have had for this Clone Wars arc with Boba Fett. So like the, the he's got new armor on and stuff like that Cad Bane. Yeah, I noticed that. He didn't have
1: his, his coat, which really bothered me.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen him in this apparel yet. And this asset was the new asset that they would have used for Cad Bane when he reappears in Clone Wars Season 7. But that arc having not happened, they probably made this asset and then never used it, right? Because they did have a proxy for it, so I'm in, I imagine that they they had a high res version as well. What
1: you're saying is this the same costume he wears when he was dueling Boba Fett?
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's the exact same costume. If you watch the proxy animation, it's the exact same thing. So that's why I'm kind of thinking to myself, could we see this arc resurrected? I think or... so. To me, why would
1: you bring back Ken Bain and not do that scene?
0: Yeah, right. you could
1: also have interactions between Boba and the Bad Batch, which is also an interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Here's the, here's the unfortunate other scenario, okay? because I know a lot of people like myself love that proxy animation clip, that 30 seconds of, of gold right there. Um, we could be looking at a complete rewrite of that story. We, we could be looking at, oh, they just used the same asset. Hey, the general public doesn't know that Cad Bane died, uh, hasn't seen this proxy animation clip. Technically, it's not been released as a something that you can consume in any canon book or story or whatever. It's just something that they showed saying, hey, this is where we would have gone. Uh, it's possible that we could be looking at a complete cancellation of that canonicity there. So uncanonization. And, yeah, kind of, right? Like it's very similar to the very similar to the dialogue in the Ahsoka book that got changed. Was, uh, very similar to the details of Kanan's origins and Caleb l- Doom.
1: A lot bigger of a change, though.
0: It is a lot bigger of a change. It's an entire story arc being canceled, right? But and to me, why would you change
1: something so cool?
0: Right. It? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why it's hard for me to co- comprehend. If but we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room that that could be what we're looking at here is yeah. it because it, it did appear as as like a homage, like the entire sequence of shots that we saw with the 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 gunslinging moment between him and Hunter. Was very reminiscent of what would have happened between him and Boba yeah. o- over which, a, a hostage situation, right?
1: Which I feel like means they're more likely to do it because what they just did was they showed that Cad Bane is an amazing shot, and you don't want to duel him because he yeah. Hunter's a very competent soldier. Yeah, he, he just is. no problem. He basically he let Hunter have a little bit of an early shot. He was closer. So he's got a
0: head start. And and Hunter's got the enhanced reflexes. He's got the enhanced uh, senses going on, right? And and Cad Bane still is able to draw and shoot him faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they just established Cad
1: Bane as a very competent duelist. Yeah. Which makes me think then the duel between him and Boba Fett will make more sense. Because they've introduced Cad Bane in this series to new viewers to be competent duelists. So they're kind of setting it up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true, yeah. And as Clone Wars viewers goes, like we already knew he was quite the competent bounty hunter. I mean, the guy broke into the Jedi temple of all places, right? So, uh, and kidnapped the chancellor. He also and,
1: managed to uh, uh, get a, a a hut escaped out of a prison, which is no easy feat either. Right,
0: that too, and then later assassinated that hut. Uh, and also fought very briefly with Quinlan Vos's lightsaber against Obi-Wan Kenobi and held his own ground and got away. So he's a very competent bounty boots. hunter. Yeah, it's those jet boots, man. It, it, he's a very competent guy, right? And so, yeah, I mean, very clearly. Again, I mean, I like I, I, that's that's a very good thing to point out. There is like I think it's possible if they are resurrecting this arc, like they're they're building us up to that moment where it's like, okay, we know that he can sling a gun and win against guy with enhanced abilities.
1: Yeah, and I suspect um, they're gonna do that same shot, the gun slinging moment, duelist, a few more times. To yep. so really hammer in, this guy's really good. And that'll right. make us then see when we see the final shot between him and Boba, like, oh, Boba's good too.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So um, the question is, like, if this happens, like, when is it going to show up? What is the context going to be? Personally, I think instead of a village, if, if this re- arc is rewritten to any degree to keep kind of the substance material of Boba versus Cad Bane, I think it's going to be over Omega, right? I think I That's think a it's fast possible. Turnaround. It's a really fast turnaround, and and but here's the thing: is like, could the next episode just jump right out of the Bad Batch story, kind of like what I was saying earlier, and just get into some other characters, where we then build from there with maybe Boba and whoever else, uh, to whatever conclusion that brings him and Cad Bane face to face once again. I hope um, so
1: Honestly I would hate for it to be This episode we see Cad Bane Next episode we find out Boba Fett is Cad Bane's apprentice And it's already been happening sometime For some time and we just didn't know about it We missed out on all that growth Of Boba and by the end of the next Episode they have the duel That would make me yeah. so sad So we yeah, missed out yeah. on all of that training That Boba Fett got to become the character That we know him as
0: Right and Boba he does have a heart for the clones in a way because we have seen him in a hostage crisis where where him and Ora Singh and Bosk were um were uh, were they taken clone hostages and Boba had a really hard time killing them right like he just couldn't do it because they all bear his own and his father's face yeah. and that would be astronomically hard to do to shoot someone in the face that has like your dad's face or something like that right like just no one would be able to do it unless i don't know no judgments but i'm just saying general people would not be able to do it right and and uh like it's it's kind of a crazy situation in which omega is a clone she's different but she's a clone and and like how is there a chance that maybe she is like connected to boba in a way that he feels so much sympathy that she is that kind of gravity to bring him out as this honorable guy that that we you know he has a contract bounty hunter but i mean there is a sense of honor to boba as well and we've seen that in the mandalorian too right like we've seen him with the mandalorian i mean you know he gets his armor back and he is just bound by duty to help recover the child and you know it's 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 a uh, it's a different side of Boba Fett that a lot of people hadn't seen who hadn't watched the Clone Wars before. Right. Uh, because to them, all that they had known is Boba's the guy that captured that captured Solo. Han Solo and nearly killed the guy. Right. And, 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 died and then, like a puck. Yeah. And then shot out at Luke Skywalker and then fell down a pit. Right. So, I mean, like to a lot of people, Boba is a villain. Uh, but, you know, to other fans who has seen him in a little more content, you know, comics. Books, the Clone Wars, for for a staple point, uh, we know him to be an honorable bounty hunter. That you know he's got his edgy moments, but he's not a Cad Bane character who is yeah, clearly a villain. He's
1: so changed from what he was in the books, where he was just ruthless.
0: Yeah, yeah. In the expanded universe and Star Wars Legends, they that was that was the uh, perception of of people. Writing Star Wars books as fans, right? Who they you know, saw those yeah, movies totally and seen
1: the original trilogy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Funny though how
1: the ruthlessness of Boba EU is the ruth- ruthlessness of cat Bain.
0: Yeah, it is, and and it's not to say that Boba doesn't have that ruthlessness because we've seen it in when he's tearing apart those stormtroopers. But I mean, he he has it with a with a certain you know he, he does it to certain people he's not that way with everyone right like he he's a, a vicious man with a sense of honor yeah and and very that's what I, yeah and that's what i like a lot about boba fett and and what i've always liked about i always thought jango was so cool because he was in a way uh this villain but he also kind of wasn't because he had this thing about just telling the truth to his enemy and and to be honorable and respectful and 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 this and that and he was bound by contract bound by his duty and at the end of the day he's a simple man trying to make his way in the universe he's gonna do anything for his son right like boba fett he's like he's doing whatever he can to to like that was just part of his contract he didn't care about the money he just he did i mean he probably does but he demanded that he gets a clone for himself that was unaltered because he's at heart, he's a family guy. Uh, So there's something about those the FETs that has always just been so interesting to me uh, as far as a character who kills people for a living.
1: (laughs) It's funny how we've learned that that's not exclusive to the FETs, but that's kind of within Mandalorian culture itself.
0: Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, bound by... A brotherhood. uh, yeah bound by honor and whatever the saying goes but yeah it's it's um it, it, it's an interesting thing to speculate on and and i i really hope that that we get boba showing up in the show again and a resurrection of that arc because i think
1: so i think they wouldn't bring back cad bane so i'm I right. put my stamp on it the, the blake stamp of future that's gonna happen
0: yeah there you go you got the blake stamp um uh, <laughs> Here's I wanted to just take a quick detour back to something I brought up in past weeks uh, is that whether or not these canceled slash unproduced Clone Wars arcs, whether or not they'll come back in the form of these animated Clone Wars movies, you know, hour long, three episodes stitched together in the form of an animated film. Like, I, I don't really know what's stopping them from doing that. Because, I mean, we've seen some pretty useless stuff dropped on Disney Plus lately. I mean, we had the Star Wars biomes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I the love Star biomes. Wars
1: fly-through. I've watched biomes like three or four times over now. Yeah,
0: it, it's hard to tear those eyes away from the endless planes of Hoth <laughs> for 45 seconds at a time. I just but, love watching the
1: Tatooine one and pointing out all the Jawas.
0: Oh, man, that sand is just so interesting. You know. <laughs> three and a half minutes of nothing it's like it's like you know and we're gonna we're gonna get around to doing those commentaries or or something something to spice it up but uh you know it's it's just uh it's something that they've they've just there was no hype about it they just dropped them online you know on these disney plans like where did those come from like i did not know they would think i only found out about them like days before i
1: think it's some cool thing that some group of people just did in their spare time honestly
0: Maybe. I mean, it looked like at some kind of budget, but who knows? I we mean,
1: sort of test
0: if they're OK, dropping a season of one or two episodes on Disney Plus as fly throughs goes and they they don't seem to be announcing or coming out with any more. They've got enough on their plate with all the future shows and stuff that they plan to do. Uh, so I, I don't think we're going to see that come back, but it was such a random, random thing. And and honestly, like. It gives me hope that we can get something like these Clone Wars movies that just, I mean, Clone Wars premiered with a movie. I mean, it's not out of the question to have more of them that just take place in different spots within the show, right? And I hope that we get the secret release story arc
1: of Emperor Palpatine's secret love affair. (laughs) Which now we know, know. is a planet.
0: Anyone who doesn't know this, uh, George had a rough plan for a live action Star Wars show way back when he was making Revenge of the Sith. And there were, uh, I don't know, I, I, I forget the exact number, but you know, take, it, take it with a grain of salt. It was over 40 scripts, over 40. And it was about the underworld of Star Wars. There was actually some footage online that was leaked by uh, or, or posted up by Stargate, which is the studio that makes Stargate, but it was the studio that makes Stargate that was going to do this live action show. So it was like a test footage just to see like, you know, a rough kind of like, what can we do with this amount of money for this length of a sequence So visual effects, the whole works, right, uh, in a small kind of tiny studio with like hardly anything there, right? Uh, and, it, you know, they pulled it off reasonably well. It actually yeah, looked pretty so. cool.
1: If, I think those, they had, if you're wondering, Stargate is the studio that does a lot of Doctor Who. And they yeah. also do uh, The Walking Dead.
0: Yeah, The Walking Dead. Yeah.
1: To give you an idea of like kind of the I guess the idea of quality of content. But this would be
0: uh, and Stargate. Yeah, like 2006
1: yeah. Doctor Who. So it's pretty yeah. pretty early in the the remake series to get an idea of the quality of the CG at the time.
0: Right, and now that we have technology like uh, like the what what is it what they're calling it the dome is it or something the uh, the volume dial and volume space like the screen that wraps around the whole building, you know they uh, they have a much cheaper way of producing these shows without needing to constantly remove green screens and stuff like that right like it's it's they still got to do it all in visual effects but it's like effectively it's better on the visual quality of the show they're able yeah. to get really nice lighting and everything like things that they would have struggled with before and uh i don't know if you guys you know, watch once way, upon a time
1: way better finished product because oh yeah
0: that. for sure like I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen once upon a time that abc disney show about the disney princesses and stuff like that anyway whenever they're in the fantasy land everyone has this like washed over gray look to them because they shot the entire thing in a green room just the whole thing nothing practical about anything it was just the actors and actresses in this cg environment and uh they pulled it off to a degree but it's not believable when you look at it you're like oh that clearly is yeah that's clearly a A fantasy land. For
1: television, you either have to spend a whole bunch of money and make sets and then add CG into it or you cheap out and you do just a green screen and make it all CG, but nothing looks right.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially lighting on actors. It never matches. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that a lot of those early – because, I mean, the, we got we all got to keep this in mind that this rough script was like 2005 kind of thing. Like this was a time where green screen was in some scenarios being a little overused and it was a developing technology still as far as CG backgrounds goes. Um, very high budget films pulled it off. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean absolutely nailed it. Third Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings was great. I mean, the prequels really pushed a lot of boundaries as far as uh, as far as uh, that work goes as well. Maybe a little Um, too far
1: at times. You could tell, especially Attack of the Clones. Yeah. uh...
0: That was the first (laughs) digital movie ever. She so, ran out
1: of time. In a couple shots, though. There's one specifically when they're in yeah. the arena. You see Dooku, and there's a lot of green screen
0: visible in the oh, background. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell behind his hair is it's yeah. like fuzzy, fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I most mean, of it was great. Most of it was awesome, right? And and it, I mean, props to them. Back in like, it, you know, they're working on this movie in like 2001. Yeah. And, oh and working gosh. on like Windows XP and like and or, every yeah. shot is CG. And oh, it. oh man. It, and it's it's unbelievable what they accomplished. And, and you know, we're only watching movies like, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and, and various other massive uh, visual effects spectacles today because of those movies, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Because they, they learned and made the tools from yeah. the process of making those films.
0: Right, yeah, and with clones being fully shot, the first movie ever fully shot on digital, uh, that's how most films are done nowadays. I I don't think there's any movie that uses actual film unless they're shooting like one scene on an IMAX camera or something like that. Like, it's it's very rare that, that um, uh, directors choose to use actual film these days it's it's mostly all shot on digital. It's
1: usually too expensive. So. so the last one I know, I bet you it was in Rise of Skywalker. The last time I remember being advertised was Force Awakens during the the Chase scene where Ray first drives in Millennium Falcon. That yeah, was a
0: Falcon scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was because that, that was an IMAX shot. Yeah. Um yeah, there's an Armex shot, right? this is a massive tangent, but I
1: guess what we're going to say is one of the story arcs is about <laughs> Emperor Palpatine's secret love affair.
0: Right, yeah, and that would have <laughs> taken place in this in this show. Man, we, we have a way of making things interesting and drawing out, and hopefully you guys enjoying listening to us because... Boy, we, can we, we ramble. Yeah, we can. I mean, this is why it's, you know, one Bad Batch episode can turn into an hour-long conversation. Yeah, show uh, by fans for fans. That's for yeah, sure. Uh, exactly, that's the motto. <laughs> Uh but anyway I mean going back to Bad Batch is there anything else you want to bring up before we wrap up here I just wanted to point out that it was super cool that final shot or one of the final shots when
1: Hunter wakes up after being knocked out by Cad Bane hmm. and they just like pulled his visor design like straight out of Republic Commando
0: Yeah they pulled that from the uh they did a scene like that in the, the episode that we meet Gregor in the Clone Wars, the Republic Commando named oh, Gregor. Yeah. And they had the exact same shot, except it was slightly tweaked to look even more like the game because the clones all have thinner yeah. visors and the Republic Commandos have thicker ones, right? And they have like the shield thing on the bottom and all that stuff and That's whatever cool. else. So, so that means the Republic
1: Commandos have shields in canon.
0: I, I think, yeah, I, I, I forget if it, I'm pretty sure I had the shield there, but yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure they've got something, but even, even if not, like it was just so cool to see the same UI of, yeah. you know, the the same GUI interface of the visor. And yeah. it I looks think, like they've tweaked that a little bit for the clone help for his clone. Yeah, helmet, if, you, but,
1: well, if you notice his visor is a thinner slit, right? Like it's yeah, not, it yeah. doesn't, it's not as tall, the visor size. And that's what that was matched in that shot.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, I love how they did that. I'm still kind of like, I don't really know why they have that target in I the know, middle of the, the visor. <laughs> like, I think I, it's just an homage because it doesn't actually make sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah.
1: It doesn't match where he's pointing his, his right. blaster. So yeah. that means it's going to be wrong 90% of the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but still, it was cool to see. Uh, I, I liked the acknowledgement there, which was which was nice. Yeah. I don't know if I if I got to say anything like last minute about this particular episode, it's uh, it's just very subtle, but I absolutely loved how they're still using all these Republic ships just repainted. And I don't know, I'm I'm buying the fact that they're Empire ships now. I mean, like we've seen these V-Wings fly by the camera on occasion, just as they did in the finale scene of Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. When Vader and Palpatine are looking out at the construction of the Death Star, and uh, the V-wings had the same engine slash sound effect as the Tie Fighters do, yeah, ion engines. And yeah, and uh, it it's it was also just a very nice subtle touch that they threw those in this episode when we looked at Kamino, uh, which is effectively now an Imperial facility that breeds yeah. troopers, right? um I, I liked that a lot and i thought that was a great a great touch they've they've been doing such a great show a uh, job with this show and you know i just hope that they they're able to keep it up and then also effectively put in these uh, these lost clone wars stories arcs somehow some way uh the ones that, that we want cool?
1: and, this is this is dave know. filoni's like big time right this is a right. shot
0: this so. is his big his bit yeah dave's big adventure He's like he's got <laughs> he's got the creative control of most of these ad, of most of these shows happening right now on Disney Plus and stuff. Dude, so
1: I, He's got to release a biography. I got to know all the ins and outs how this all went down. I'm so. Curious. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I would love to know just I mean, somebody's got to sit down with Dave and do like a three day interview of the guy because there is so much for him to talk about. You know, like when he gets talking about anything, you can listen to him for like 30 minutes straight and like, you know, it. Is just all great stuff.
1: Well, he's also just good at making a story. I mean, from when he was working on Avatar: Last Airbender, and he got the opportunity, he got the interview, right? Even that's a great yeah. story.
0: Yeah, yeah, he tells that story really well too. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, he's he's an interesting guy, and you know, honestly, he the story of of what I like so much about when he tells that story on these interviews and stuff is that he is such a big Star Wars fan and it's uh it's important i think for star wars to be driven by people who love star wars right and and people who understand star wars and understand the original six-part vision of george lucas that ended with return of the jedi or revenge of the sith or however you like to look at the cycle right and uh you know i I think like there it's it's been nice to have an expanse of, of star wars content of course but it's been a hit or miss for a lot of people with some of these things and and i honestly think dave is just the guy to to make good star wars content that really reflects george lucas's works you know
1: yeah i agree and it's he's i don't i'm trying to figure out the best way to say this without making george sound bad because i love george and everything he's done but I think Dave is like he—he's able to get across the stories that George wanted to tell, but tell it in a way that connects with people a little better than George was able to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's—I think that's fair to say. I mean, George himself has admitted um, he's not—he's not an actor's director. He's a storyteller, right? So when the actors and and when it comes to dialogue and writing dialogue, that you know, it's. It's overly impressive that one guy can write, direct and produce a movie oh, yeah. like Revenge of the Sith, a massive m- uh, oh, just a massive epic movie that that has so much to it, right And I mean, it, it's clearly the busiest, biggest visual oh, effects crazy. filled movie of the whole saga. and you know and, and it's it's unbelievable what he's been able to do. but when it comes down to some of these things with you know some of these lines, right? Uh, you know, you've, you've had people like Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford go on record saying like, George, you can, you can write this, but like, you sure can't say it. And, and it's like, it's a bit of a laughing joke at this point in time, just because everyone loves those movies anyways. Yeah. Uh, but it's true. Like Dave comes from the perspective of a fan, but he's been trained by the master and he knows what fans want and he knows what he wants and so there's no wishy-washy with David with Dave right like he he's he he gets it Dave's um, Luke yeah and George
1: is Obi-Wan Obi-Wan <laughs> yeah. couldn't quite finish the job but then Luke came around
0: right right well let's ho- let's hope Luke doesn't have a moment where he goes to an island to die in yes. wealth and pity so uh
1: <laughs> don't worry no longer canonize that George-
0: <laughs> world between worlds let, let, let's do it <laughs>
1: For the record, that's a stretch. I think they're yeah. gonna. Make, I think they're gonna smooth it over though, so it goes down easier. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, uh, share on the Twitter Twitter feed if you haven't already that cool uh, video that Bryce shared.
0: That, oh yeah,
1: yeah. Ray scene that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I'll send that out. Um, if anyone hasn't seen the fan re edit of the Ray scene where she kills Palpatine and rise of Skywalker. If you haven't seen the movie yet, spoilers. Uh, but someone re-edited the, 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 that scene to have all the force ghosts of, you know, all the Jedi past uh, standing behind her. And this was something I think a lot of people would have wanted to see. And even myself, I when I walked out of the movie, I was thinking to myself, how come we just heard all those voices and didn't see anybody like that yeah. was just odd to me you know i agree that would have been the perfect like did it come down to budget or time or what because clearly it would have been an amazing thing to see at the very end of that final chapter right or what they were effectively yeah, supposed like to be
1: the end of
0: tw- yeah like nine Man, they, all the poster all the marketing pointed this towards like the epic epic finale of everything right and and you know a lot of us were shaking our heads going like sure okay (laughs) but but i mean like at least try and embrace that right like i mean like let's see some returning characters some some faces from movies past or something like that because you know uh, i don't know i don't know man it's a rabbit hole of a conversation of and and complaints but such an um, easy fix to do it it is it is an easy fix and and it clearly some fan was able to do it and post on youtube those force ghosts look great. Yeah. And, and they, they, you know, they used footage from other, from their moments in other films. And it, it turned out awesome, honestly, like for, for, for someone who only has six movies to work with for those other characters. And they, they picked all the right spots and, and, uh, uh, put it in just right in a way that didn't look weird. And, um, it got the point across and and i think it did a lot of justice for anyone who who wanted to to see that so go and look it up and I'll, I'll be posting it on on the twitter for sure so all right any any last things before we uh before we kick it off here
1: i think we pretty well
0: covered it um, Sweet. and don't forget to tweet out if you see boba
1: yes yeah. dent, no dent tony dent <laughs>
0: I say that again. A hashtag. What? Hashtag. Yes, dent. No dent. Tony dent. <laughs> yes, dent. No dent. Tony dent.
1: Yeah, because uh, <laughs> because dent on the helmet of Boba. Because we know the timeline. And Tony dent because Tony dent.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Tony <laughs> dent. Where's Tony coming? Who's to- who's this Tony guy? <laughs> I think he's from Batman. Oh, you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean Harvey, Harvey Dent. Yeah, him. Yes, <laughs> Dent, no Dan. <Dent>, Harvey Dent. <laughs> Tony Dan. <Dent. laughs> edit, edit Harvey over all that. Oh my goodness. Tony, uh, yeah, Harvey, whatever. Yes, Dent, oh. hashtag yes, Dan. no Dent, Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent, um, that's right. Okay. Yeah, cool, just for the heck of it. Uh, just so that we can actually like look it up and know what, we're, we're clearly just there's fans. gonna be no results. There's gonna be no results <laughs> under, that search, under that search hashtag. So it's true. Uh, if anyone does tweet that out, yeah, Please do. Yes, Dent. No, Dent. Harvey, Harvey Dent, Dent. Dent. and then tag us at SW Escape Podcast. All right, thanks guys for tuning in, and as always, please give us your five stars and reviews. Uh, they're always welcome to come in. If you're on the uh, the iPhone platform, just uh, you know go to your Apple Podcast and, and leave a nice a nice review if you if you can, if you got the time. And uh, most importantly, is uh, send a link to this show to a friend. To a Star Wars fan who uh, who likes Star Wars, you know, just so that the show is on their radar, and uh, you know, it really we really appreciate it because it just hits a larger demographic of people, and uh, you know, nonprofit show we just we just like to see that people are tuning in and listening to us, banter on about Star Wars, so. More recently, of course, with the Bad Batch out in uh, the open and halfway through the first season now. We hope that you guys have been enjoying the show as much as we have. And we would love to know your thoughts so far on the Bad Batch. So you're welcome to send in a voicemail. To our SpeakPipe address, which is listed in the description of this podcast episode. You can follow us on Twitter for the daily updates and uh, announcements that we don't tend to hit as much on the podcast, but things that might just be interesting in general in the Star Wars world. Follow us at SW Escape Podcast as well as our Instagram account. Our email is podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any uh, any listener feedback, mail, whatever you got. It's, uh, you know, doors open and uh, our inbox is open, I should say. And uh, once again, sorry this episode is late. We, we just had a crazy week, but we're looking forward to doing the next one on the weekend. We'll see you guys in the next one and may the force be with you.